Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 195. And today I'm going right back to basics. I'm going to try and answer the question, what is unschooling? Unschooling isn't an easy thing to define. This is probably why I avoided writing a topic on my blog called What is Unschooling for a very long time. Anyway, today I have a number of stories to share with you on this topic. And as always, a few links and resources as well. I'm going to be giving you a few of my thoughts, and I would love to hear about your definition of unschooling once you have listened to this episode. Is my vision of unschooling similar to yours, or do you have a completely different idea? So straight into the stories. Now, I wrote a blog post called Unschool Basics, What is Unschooling? And I wrote that recently, August the 18th, 2023. And that's where I am beginning, yes, with my definition of unschooling. So the post begins with AI's definition of unschooling. I'm curious, can AI give an adequate definition of unschooling? I decide to find out. I type the following words into an AI assistant, write a definition of unschooling, and AI responds instantly. Unschooling is a unique and alternative approach to education that emphasizes the importance of learner-led and self-directed activities. It is a philosophy that prioritizes the individual learner, their interests and passions over a preset curriculum. This approach is based on the belief that people learn best when they are given the freedom to explore topics that matter for them. In unschooling, children and adults are encouraged to pursue learning opportunities that are relevant and meaningful to them, rather than following a predetermined set of topics or skills. Unschooling is not just an educational approach, but a lifestyle choice that values creativity, critical thinking, and self-discipline. It is a holistic approach that recognizes that learning can happen anywhere and at any time, not just in a classroom setting. Unschooling families often prioritize real-life experiences such as travel, community service, and apprenticeships as valuable learning opportunities. Unschooling is not a one-size-fits-all approach and can look different for each family and individual. Some unschoolers may choose to follow a more structured curriculum for certain subjects, while others may opt for a completely unstructured approach. The focus is always on the learner and their unique needs, interests and passions. 
Overall, unschooling provides an alternative to traditional education, empowering learners to take control of their own learning journey and pursue their passions in a way that works best for them. That's not a bad definition, is it? Obviously, AI hasn't got any personal experience and so can't understand this way of life fully. It will never understand about love. But it did okay. What is unschooling? Curious unschoolers. Here's how I described unschooling without AI's help, in my first book, Curious Unschoolers. Maybe you've heard that unschooling is a method of homeschooling where a child doesn't use a curriculum or a plan put together by a parent. Instead, parents allow their children to learn, in their own way, what interests them. Parents believe that their kids will learn all they need to know at a time when they need to know it. That's all true, and that's how I understood unschooling when we first started out many years ago. But since then, I've learnt that unschooling has many layers. Peel off one, and there's another underneath it, waiting to reveal something else. It's as rich as life itself. Maybe that's because unschooling is about learning from everything we do and experience in life. Life is deep and complicated. So is unschooling. Here are some other things I've discovered about unschooling. Unschooling is about fulfilling our missions in life. We're all born with talents. Everyone has passions and interests. They are part of who we are. Unschooling is about having the freedom to develop those talents and follow our interests so that we can contribute to the world. Unschooling is the way a family lives together. We all learn as we follow our interests and passions. We use and develop our talents. We accept and respect and help each other. We make mistakes and we forgive. We're growing and developing under the influence of unconditional love into the people we are designed to be. Of course, we're not going to become those people in just a few years. It's a lifelong process. While we're learning and accepting and helping and forgiving and loving unconditionally, the bonds between us grow strong. Parents and children become closely connected. And this is important because trust is a fruit of connection. We know and trust our kids. They trust us. Trust is essential. It's the foundation of unschooling. Now I've got lots more to say about what unschooling is in my book, Curious Unschooling, and that overflows into Radical Unschooling, which I discuss in my second unschooling book, Radical Unschool Love. But you can find lots of other information about this basic of unschooling on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. And I'm going to share some of the posts that you can find on my blog. 
The first one is called What is Unschooling? What is unschooling? I've been blogging about unschooling for over five years now. The post was written in 2016. You'd think I would already have written a post with this title, wouldn't you? But somehow I haven't. Maybe that's because unschooling is hard to define. Everyone seems to have a slightly different way of describing it. Some aspects of unschooling are more important to some people than they are to others. So why have I suddenly decided to backtrack and write an unschooling definition post? Well, I'm busy putting together an unschooling book, taking ideas and stories from this blog, as well as adding new material. And although the main body of the book is looking fat and healthy, there is something missing from the beginning. An unschooling definition. Maybe the best way to get my ideas about an unschooling definition into order is to share them here. I'll try and make sense of the many thoughts that are circulating around my mind. And if you'd like to add your own ideas in the comments, please do. So here goes. Unschooling is a natural way of learning. Children are born curious. They are eager to learn. And we, as parents, are eager to help them. We make sure our babies are surrounded by interesting things. We buy them bright toys which they look at, feel, listen to, and even taste. We bring them household items like wooden spoons and pots and pans. We name things again and again without ever tiring of it. We sing to them, introducing them to music. We take our children on outings and show them leaves and flowers, waves and sand, shops and people. We let them feel the sunshine on their skin and the wind in their hair. We play games, talk to them, read books, pull funny faces and laugh with them. We have quiet times, rocking and snuggling. We might carry our babies around in a sling or pop them into a chair where they can see us while we work. We include our children in all aspects of our lives. By doing this, we surround them with many rich experiences. While our children are absorbed in all these experiences, we're observing and listening to them. We get to know them and their particular needs, and we respond. We develop empathy. We become connected. As our children grow, we recognize that some things interest them more than others. They pretend to be pirates or princesses or firemen or superheroes. We buy them toys and books that reflect these interests. We provide materials for them to experiment with. We listen as our kids tell us about the things that are important to them. We answer their never-ending questions. We do what parents are naturally drawn to doing. And what happens? Our children grow and develop. They learn to walk and talk and jump and dance. They draw and scribble and create. They accumulate all kinds of facts which delight and interest them. Of course, with each little development, we smile and encourage. We cheer our children on. 
We are proud parents taking great enjoyment in the development of a unique little person. And then one day, our children are old enough to go to school. It's time to make some decisions and move on to a new phase in our child's life. But what if we didn't even think about this new stage? What if life just carried on as normal? We'd continue surrounding our children with rich and interesting environments. We'd continue encouraging, helping, listening and interacting with them. Would our children keep learning? Yes, they'd continue to learn in a natural way. They'd be unschooling. Unschooled children explore the world, learning from everything that happens in their lives. They follow their interests. They use and develop their talents. They observe, ask questions, ponder answers, read books, watch TV, search online for information, discuss, play games, experiment, maybe even enroll in a course. They don't follow someone else's plan for their learning, They have the freedom to learn what is important to them. Of course, unschooling isn't something that only children do. Adults also ask questions, pursue answers, follow interests, and take great delight in finding out more about the world. We are always learning. It's a lifelong process. It's a natural thing for all of us to do. Unschooling is the way young children naturally learn. It's also the way adults learn. If we give school-aged children the freedom to learn what is important to them, they'd be unschooling too. Of course, there is a lot more I could say about unschooling, how we might have to unlearn the ideas we picked up from our own experiences at school, how it's about relationships how we need to trust and respect and be a good example, how we have to know when to offer help and when to step back, why unschooling is important. I've written a whole blog about these and other aspects of unschooling, and now I'm writing a book. Yes, as I said earlier, I did write the book, Curious Unschoolers. And my next story, which is on my blog, also forms part of my book. I took these blog posts and I rewrote them. Uh, So I think these stories in the book are actually better than the ones on the blog. But writing on a blog did allow me to get my thoughts in order and also to get feedback from other people before I actually finished my book. So this story, the next one, is called Why Unschooling Isn't Just Another Method of Homeschooling. I wrote it in January 2017. In my last post, An Unschooling Experiment, I urged anyone who's unhappy with their present method of homeschooling to give unschooling a go. 
So as we get into the new year, I'd like to say, try unschooling, be courageous, try and trust, especially if your way of doing things isn't working for you. What have you got to lose? Yes, you might not have anything to lose, but will you gain anything? Why should unschooling work when Charlotte Mason or unit studies or some other method isn't working for you? Why would I urge you to try it? Could unschooling work because it isn't actually a method of homeschooling? Could it be something very different? I know a bit about homeschooling methods because I've researched and tried many of them, some of them more than once. Years ago, I got very excited about Charlotte Mason's ideas. Could her method be the perfect way for us to homeschool, the best way to teach my children the things I thought they should know? Would it be easy and enjoyable to put into action? Or would classical homeschooling suit us better? Or perhaps unit studies? Or? While I was searching for the perfect homeschooling method, I pondered lots of questions such as, what are the basics of a good education? Are old ideas better than new ones? Are the classics important? Are some school subjects more important than others? Do kids pass through different learning stages? What books should our kids read? Should they have the ability to listen? Is memorization important? Is narration a valuable skill? Are short lessons more effective than long ones? Is copy work a good learning tool? Perhaps making notes helps kids to pick out the main points of a particular subject. If they make impressive-looking books, does this help them value their knowledge? Should learning be fun? Should it be challenging? I was always full of enthusiasm as I put a new method of homeschooling into action. I found the right resources, put the system into place, and then hoped that my kids would soon be producing impressive work, indicating that they were indeed receiving a wonderful education. And my children did produce some impressive work. They put together interesting lap books and beautiful nature journals. They enjoyed hundreds of living books, including many classics. They got excited about music and art. They were introduced to Shakespeare and poetry. But despite these successes, no method lasted very long. We found it hard to keep following the necessary steps. Do we really have to do this? Learning soon became a chore, and then I then knew it was time for a change. Perhaps we should try another homeschooling method. Once again, I started reading and researching and thinking. But eventually I stopped experimenting with different homeschooling methods. I gave up trying to follow someone else's ideas. One by one, I threw out the things that weren't working for us. Narration, memorization, spelling lists, reading the right books in the right way. Instead, I started listening to my children. Gradually, our homeschooling developed into what I called doing our own thing.
We read lots of books and follow our interests, I'd say, in a vague kind of way, whenever anyone asked what method of homeschooling we were using. Of course, by that time, we weren't actually using a method. We'd found our way to unschooling. These days, we're living a rich and interesting life, As a consequence of that, my children are learning. They're learning what's important to them, what they feel they need to know. Their education isn't restricted to what someone else thinks is valuable. They don't need an artificial system imposed on them in order for learning to take place. My children are learning in a natural way. The other week, my 15-year-old daughter Sophie said, My friend Emma has to finish her schoolwork for the day before she can do all those things she's really interested in. I'm glad we don't have to do that. I'd never have time to do the things that are really important to me. Sophie's words remind me of something I read the other day in an article called Unschooling 101 by Bridget Bence-Sider. Unschooling advocate Sandra Dodd describes a typical unschool day as the best ever Saturday, the day people dream about when they are stuck in school. Deciding not to use the homeschooling method might sound difficult. If you choose to unschool, you won't have a set of steps put together by someone else to follow. Things won't be neat and tidy. You might have to give up your ideas about what a good education looks like and how children learn. All this could be a bit scary. But if you unschool, you might end up with a week full of the best ever Saturdays. Doesn't that sound good? And then there's a note at the end. says you can find an expanded version of this post in my book, Curious Unschoolers. So I wonder if you know that feeling of going around and around the circle, trying all the homeschooling methods one after another, and then starting at the beginning again. Yes, such hope that we'll find the perfect way to bring up and educate our children. Yes, but we never seem to get anywhere. Well, maybe we all get to the point where we know we can't keep doing that and we have to stop and listen to our kids instead. Now, um, I have got a transcript to read to you next. It's called What is Unschooling? A Transcript. And this was published in 2017 as well. And it was a video and Haley from the blog, Taking a Kinder Path, she transcribed my video, What is Unschooling? And that allowed me to turn that video into a blog post. And that's what I'm sharing with you today. I say at the beginning, I've made minor changes to the original words so that my points are easier to understand. I never say things in a video or podcast as well as I'd like. And to make the spoken words flow better, as written ones. Being a perfectionist, I'm tempted to rewrite everything. Perhaps three years after making the video, I could find a better way to explain what unschooling is. 
but I'm not going to do that. I just hope some of my original words are still helpful. Yeah, that's um, the problem, isn't it? When you're actually transcribing, that's why I like writing, because I can spend as long as I like fiddling about with the words, shoving them this way and that and deleting them until I have got something that I'm happy with. But even then I come back a year or two, three later and decide that I could say things better. I guess that we're never, ever satisfied with what we've done. And I used to think that was a problem. Don't be such a perfectionist, Sue. But I've decided to look at it more positively. I am unhappy because maybe I've learnt more and I've improved my skills. And that's always good, isn't it? To know that uh, even if you aren't satisfied with a piece of work, whatever it is that we've been doing, uh, if we're no longer satisfied, it could just mean that we've learnt more. Anyway, here is that transcript. What is unschooling? Today, I'd like to talk about what unschooling is. Unschooling looks different in different families. We've been homeschooling since 1992, and when we set out all those years ago with our eldest daughter, Felicity, we were surrounded by unschoolers. I don't know how that happened. It was at a time when the John Holt magazine newsletter was still being printed. We actually went to an unschooling camp for three days when Felicity was about six years old and we saw unschooling in action. But even though we did that, I really didn't understand exactly what unschooling is. All the families around us seemed very confident. They talked about their children following their own interests, learning from life, and they were doing some wonderful things. They seemed knowledgeable about the bush, and they were involved in crafts, and they were producing a lot of good things. I went to a number of homeschooling talks while at the camp, and there was a lot of excitement about what children were learning and producing. Now, I knew that I wanted my children to love learning, and unschoolers were telling me that unschooling leads to children who know how to learn, and that love learning So we started homeschooling. I sat back and I waited. I thought that soon my children would be producing all these wonderful things. The walls would fill up with beautiful posters and drawings, and my children would be out in the backyard building tremendous things. Someone would want to rewire the house. Somebody else would talk about plans, even though they were little, to travel the world and do all sorts of wonderful things. But actually... Nothing much happened, and we just sort of drifted through our days, and I thought I must have missed something. So we moved away from unschooling for a little while. I thought that unschooling meant that I couldn't be involved with my children's education, that I had to stand back and let them take the lead entirely, learn naturally, learn from life without any interference whatsoever from me. I misunderstood unschooling. But it was enough for me to leave the unschooling pathway. We went along other pathways. We had a dip into Charlotte Mason, classical curriculum, all sorts of other different things before we, before we made our way back to unschooling. And when we actually got back, I didn't even realise that we were unschooling because I was still very involved 
with my children's education. I learned that children need to have their environment enriched. It wasn't any good sitting back and saying, "Go on, go and learn something," and expecting them to come up with all these amazing things. Of course, they do come up with some amazing things on their own, but I found out that this isn't all that unschooling is about. So I started doing a few things with my children. Strewing—that's the word that I learned eventually—was to enrich their environment with resources, but also with experiences. Taking them places, talking to them, strewing interesting things along their pathway. And I discovered that I could get involved with my children. There wasn't anything against that at all. So I could share all those things that I was itching to share with them. I had thought, well, how on earth are they going to learn about Shakespeare? Which is one of my passions. If I'm not allowed to introduce it to them, but now I started saying things like, "Hey, look, I'm watching a Shakespeare play. Would you like to come and join me?" And they did. I've passed on a lot of my interests to my children, and I've encouraged their own interests. And so I guess that unschooling is a child following their own interests in a natural way. But it doesn't mean that a parent can't get involved as well. I found out that unschooling isn't something that only children do. Everybody can be an unschooler. I have so many friends who don't even realize they're unschoolers. They're involved in all sorts of activities of their own, learning new and exciting things every week, and I class them as unschoolers, even though they don't know they are. And that's what I'm like. I go from one thing to another. At the moment, I'm learning video making. I'm going to go and do a Google Hangout on air when I've got a bit of time. That's a new skill I want to learn. So adults learn in an unschooling way, I think, and this is the way unschooling children also learn. Years ago, as I said, I didn't really understand what unschoolers did. I read a few books, and they said. Oh well, you know we don't have a schedule. We don't have any plans. We don't do this. We don't do that. But I could never get an idea of what unschoolers actually do. Do they just roll out of bed any old time and drift through their days? I'm writing stories on my blog to give a concrete idea of unschooling in one family. Actual stories. This is what we do. Now my family is different from yours, and we won't do things in the same way. But I think we all share principles in common, so that we can learn from each other and share ideas. My ideas aren't the only ones. You might like my ideas. You may not like my ideas, but they might give you other ideas. That's what I like about the blogging community, the internet community. We can have a continuous conversation and learn from each other. So, summing up, what is unschooling? I think it's children learning in a natural way, in a way that will give them a love of learning for the rest of their lives. It is the same way as adults learn, and the role of parents is to get involved with their children, to strew, to learn themselves, and therefore be a good example of learning. So yes, reading about Google Hangouts on air, 
that really dates that post, doesn't it? Technology changes so quickly. It also tells me that I have been blogging and speaking about uh, unschooling for a very long time. Yes, um, I started when my youngest daughter was about six, and now she is heading towards 20. That seems to me to be rather remarkable. And to finish off this um, post, I gave a list of links. What other unschoolers are saying, what they're saying about unschooling. How do other unschoolers define unschooling? So I've got definitions of unschooling from Sandra Dodd's website. What is unschooling from the Unschooling Mum to Mum website? What is Unschooling, a transcript of episode one of the Exploring Unschooling podcast by Pam Loricchia. Of course, you could always go and listen to that episode. What is Unschooling, an audiobook by Pam Loricchia. What is Unschooling from the Happiness is Here website. And lastly, what is unschooling from the Natural Child Project website? And I have a quote here, a fancy term for life. When you get down to it, unschooling is really just a fancy term for life or growing up uninstitutionalized. And Grace Llewellyn said that. It comes from her book, Gorilla Learning. Yes, I tried to read that quote three times and I still stumbled over the last word of it. And I just invited people at the end of my post to come over to my blog and to leave a comment. How do you describe unschooling? Is it a method of homeschooling or a way of life for you and your family? And which aspects of unschooling are the most important for you and your family? All those stories, uh, as I said last week, sometimes it's good to listen, other times it's good to read the stories, especially if what I said went too quickly for you. You might like to yeah, just read the words and spend longer thinking about the ideas in those stories. And of course, you might want to follow some of those links to find out what other unschoolers are saying about unschooling. How are they defining unschooling? I would also like to invite you to check out my books on Amazon, Curious Unschoolers, Radical Unschool Love, and the Unschool Challenge. And I have a big favor to ask of you. If you enjoy my podcast or if I've helped you in any way over the last quite a long period of time, all those years, would you consider buying one of my books or at least sharing some of my posts, sharing my podcasts with your community, sharing my blog posts, or even just sharing what I'm doing by word of mouth. It would really, really help me. Yes, I got this email this morning that wasn't very, um, yeah, it was unappealing, uh, a problem. My hosting fees are going up for my blog. 
uh, it seems that the Bluehost hosting plans have changed and I can no longer have unlimited uploads, which is a big problem because I've reached my upload limit. And if I don't upgrade my hosting plan, then I won't be able to write anything more on my blog. I'll be able to keep it there online for maybe another couple of years without doing anything to it, but I won't be able just to keep it going. This morning, feeling a little bit down about that, I thought, what are the alternatives? Just leave my blog for a a couple more years and then delete it. Do I go back to social media and use social media for free? Um, Perhaps it's time to retire from writing about unschooling and speaking about it. Now that my children are all grown up, yes, I've um, faced that question, that uh, possibility a number of times. Somehow I keep getting drawn back to unschooling, but maybe you know, I'll have no option but to do something else, something else that doesn't involve a blog. The other, yeah, the word I was thinking about as well was I need to find a way, and I've been talking about this for a long time, of raising some money so that blogging and podcasting pays for itself. Um, Maybe a few more books sold would help, and that's why I'm asking. Please, please, if you haven't already bought my books, uh, please, would you consider buying copies or at least a copy and recommending my books to anybody else that you think uh, they might help? So that's a big favor, I know. But yeah, once again, I'm... um, pondering that question. What do I do next? But one thing I was thinking about was if I continue on, I should be a little bit more consistent, give people back something for supporting me and without making too many excuses. I had a very bad 2022 for personal reasons. 2021, 2020 were both uh, COVID affected Yes, I had um, a lot of mental health issues to deal with during that time, so I found it hard to be consistent. But maybe it's time, 2023, we're almost over this year, aren't we? But maybe it's time to knuckle down and be more consistent. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of that. Uh, So please head over to my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. Leave me a comment. I will reply and I will appreciate um, whatever it is you have to say. So I'm coming to the end of this episode, episode 195. And until next time, live a radical life of unconditional love. (laughs) 